It is the Brad and Brit cast. It's our last one for the week, but that means this is the day that we try a little bit harder, a little bit more than normal. Try to bluff our way through everything. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got a list here. Uh, You know what? Let's just... uh, Let's just start off with uh, with a little bit of sound. Okay. Amount of sound. Um, this is uh, Congressman Ted Liu of California, and uh, Congressman Liu uh, spoke right after. And uh, this was a committee. Uh, they were uh, talking about uh, people protesting in front of. Supreme Court justices' homes, and of course, uh, attacking Brett Kavanaugh and leaving him bloody inside of a restaurant, and he had to crawl out the back. Which everybody—it it was a horrible, horrible scene, horrible scene. Uh, all those kinds of uh, terrible, terrible things. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, Jim Jordan finished his his lecture and yielded back, and then speaking next was. Congressman Ted Lieu of California. Here's Senator Congressman Lieu. You're going to hear a lot of words from my Republican colleagues today on this committee. And all I have to do is give you one example that is devastating to their statements. And that is this. A 10-year-old girl got raped in Ohio and got pregnant. She could not get an abortion because none of the exceptions in Ohio law would have authorized it. And what did MAGA Republicans do? They smeared her. They said she was lying. In fact, at least one Republican member of this committee publicly tweeted that she lied and then quietly deleted that tweet when, guess what? Her perpetrator was arrested. That's Jim Jordan he's talking about. I call on any MAGA Republican who smeared this little girl to publicly apologize. And it's worse than that oh, because I'm, this little girl had to go to Indiana oh, to get an abortion or abortion care. And guess what Margaret Republicans are doing now? They're going after the doctor. That's right, the doctor who helped this little girl. Because the truth is, MAGA and far-right Republicans want government-mandated pregnancies for everyone, including 10-year-old rape victims. That is extreme. Okay. There we go. See, I, I, I thought he was done. He had more. <laughs> um, that, that kind of says it. I mean, we, we, we started off the week uh, learning about this story, and uh, the president referred to it a couple days ago. But uh, underneath the surface was a uh, calling of the story bullshit. Uh, where Where is the... Uh, Where's the, 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 the rapist? What about that? How come nobody's talking about the rapist? What about that? Um, what's going on here? Where was the police report? Don't know. On and on and on it goes. And I think on Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, Glenn Kessler of the Washington Post laid out the facts as we knew them then. And it's almost as if, and I hate to beat up the Washington Post here, but by Kessler casting some level of doubt because there was no proof that was public at that point, he gave license to all the nutcases to go running with this. Would you agree or disagree? Uh, no, but the story did change. Go ahead. No, you, what you, you you agree with me, or or you you don't agree with me that that, no, no, that gave I, that gave license for the nuts to go nuts. No, no, no. I, I, I agree that they were, they were given carte blanche. Right. Because right. this is what, what happened. Well, even the New York Times said this, right? And then suddenly, yeah. you know, all, all hell breaks loose on any particular topic. Um, and uh, as you know, on Wednesday, uh, this guy was uh, appearing already in court, and it's a real story, and it was a real abortion, and it's a real girl, and uh, it's a real uh, medical procedure that was performed in Indiana. And Congressman Lube brought up something that uh, 
I think shouldn't we shouldn't let go by. We will not hear one word, not one word of apology from Republicans, from Fox News, from Sean Hannity, from the, you know the whole gang who were trying to call bullshit on this. Now, it, it, in my most cynical world, I must say, and this is terrible, but thank God the story was true, not because a 10-year-old getting raped who can't get an abortion because Republicans are fucking up the country and conservatives that they appoint to the Supreme Court are fucking up the country. Not, it's not good. But it's good that it wasn't a bullshit story. Because remember, I think even we said it on Monday or Tuesday, this better be true. Yeah. If, if it isn't true, then it will feed in completely to the idea that liberals make up things because they want them to be true. And I'm thankful at that level that the story is factual. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope I'm being taken the right way when, when I say these. Right, things. that it was a fraud. No, no I, I think you're, you're taking in the spirit in which you're saying it. And I, I think among the people who were completely asshole-ish about this, Jesse Waters was just despicable. Uh, the Wall Street Journal uh, just tap-danced all over the place. But the story pivoted. I'm going to show, I apologize to those of you who are listening. I'm going to flash something on the screen. Now the story is that uh, Joe Biden is letting illegal immigrants into this country to rape your daughter. That now becomes the story as opposed to the 10-year-old having to get the abortion. When when did that shift happen? Oh, almost almost in real time, Brad. So that is the issue. Yes, that is. We find out that the guy is Guatemalan. He may be here illegally. That now is the story, not the fact that a 10-year-old has to be shipped across state lines. Who knew that Indiana would have, uh, shall we say, more liberal or shall we say more humanitarian or shall we say more reasonable health care laws than Ohio would? No, no, they they don't. It's just that their new law hasn't kicked in yet. (laughs) Do not for one second think that Indiana is some bastion of reasonableness. No, she would have to cross all the way over into uh, Illinois. Right. Um, so immediately this becomes uh, Joe Biden letting letting people uh, in to rape your daughters. That's, that's that is the story. I, I have to give them uh, credit for lying and, and, and being creative there. But do, do you mind if I uh, see you and raise you $10 on this? Absolutely. Go for it. All right. Uh, we have a lawyer in Indiana. His last name is Bop, B-O-P-P. Okay. Uh, obviously an inspiration for that huge hit by Hanson, right? Mm-bop. Wasn't that Mbop? Mbop. Yeah. Huge yeah. hit. What, what, way to uh, derail yourself, Brad. Uh, <laughs> Jim Bop, who is an Indiana lawyer, who uh, authors model legislation for states around the country for anti-abortion state goofballs Uh, he's the guy that writes this shit and uh he was speaking to the uh wonderful folks at the politico and he says the girl should have had the baby she should not have been allowed to have gotten an abortion she should have been required to have that baby which is what she would be required to do if his law was in place everywhere and that's what he really once uh his version of the law says that a person can get an abortion only if the pregnant person's life is in danger you know what i would argue to you Britt, and and maybe the, and you've never been pregnant i would argue that by definition a 10 year old girl being pregnant her life is in danger i i would not dispute that i think that is a fair statement here's what bob said he talked to the political folks on the phone He said she'd have that baby, and as many women who've had babies as a result of rape, we would hope that she would understand the reason and ultimately the benefit of having the child. Where where are all these people? Who are all these women who get raped and and, uh, somehow end up having the child, uh, not as their own choice, but by force of the state, Mm-hmm. Who then thank you later because of course the, the the child will automatically grow up to cure cancer, uh, and win 
win a Nobel Prize and, and, and go to that's just a given, right? And we don't want to mm-hmm. stuff out one of those. Right. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I am thankful that the story was true. I think it's awful for obviously the people that are involved, and it's not gonna get any easier. <laughs> obviously, based on what we're seeing right now, as far as the trying to expose everybody and doxing people and all this other shit. That's uh, it, it's stunning that it, it went this far. Remember, the Wall Street Journal had some sort of op-ed about how, boy, this this thing looks pretty fake. And then they were forced to write a disclaimer above the thing. That, well, it appears that the guy confessed. And it looks like it's a real story. But they still ran with the op-ed piece. Well, uh, again, th- we talked about this um, previously with the news and record, muffing the story about Trump not being able to show up in Greensboro on Friday. Yeah. yeah. And them completely missing the the story by, number one, not knowing the reason that he wouldn't be able to come to Greensboro on Friday, this was on what Monday or Tuesday, they, they, they canceled this, is because he's getting dragged into court. Yeah. He can't be in two places at once. And they also missed the part of the story about you being able to actually get a refund for the ripoff money that you were stupid enough to pledge to Donald Trump to go see him. Um, and 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 this is this is kind of the same same thing here and just missing the point wall street journal and is the wall street journal going to print with any kind of prominence they're backing down and admitting that they were completely over the top reactionary and assholeish in their original editorial attacking the story attacking the girl attacking the doctor no they're going to have teeny tiny type if it does appear in their printed edition uh on friday Right. So it's up on their website right now. Who fucking cares? It's too late. You blew it. You blew it. And, and uh, next time I hear some conservative go, let's not rush to judgment. What the fuck was that? Really? If that is the all time rush to yeah. judgment, I don't know what is. Next time I hear some conservative, well, we need to get all the facts before we are. Really? No, we don't. No, we don't. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh, here's an idea, conservative. We've got all the facts about Donald Trump. That guy should should be in, in his 25th orange jumpsuit by now. Don't give us this shit. Don't give us this shit. Justice Department better take care of this. But that's that's diversion there. Um, Speaking wow. of gigantic assholes, there's uh, Jim Jordan. Here's his story and his over 40 pregnancy centers and pro-life churches have been attacked or vandalized this year. Where's the Biden Justice Department, Brad? That is the story, well, I believe. There's no... Well, you're not going to get me to defend violence against those kind of places. Either. Yes, but that's but not the Jim story. Jordan, Jim Jordan is the last guy is the last guy mm. to play the what about ism game. So uh, uh, please don't bother. One last thing here and then we'll move on. Let's get another uh, uh, final word or a final word from Glenn Kessler, the guy who on on Monday uh, cast just enough doubt on the story because they couldn't verify it at the time. They couldn't get enough facts beyond the headline that we were all seeing, that a 10-year-old girl had been raped in Ohio, couldn't get an abortion, had to go over to Indiana to get it. We couldn't get any verification. We didn't have any names, didn't have any arrests, we didn't have anything. So Kessler says that the last line of his fact check, and of course he's saying this where else, in the what? No, on Twitter. Um, <laughs> Uh, and maybe this is in the paper. If a rapist is ever charged, the fact finally would have more solid grounding. This is what he said early in the week, which gave license for everybody to run, you know, with their hair on fire. He says, now a rapist has been charged and the story has been updated, getting lots of angry emails. But journalism is an accumulation of facts. Journalism is also deciding at what point you run with a story or you print a story or you publish a story where you don't have any verifying evidence, but you certainly don't have any evidence to the contrary either. And by casting a doubt on it because of that, you caused, I think, a lot of trouble. So Kessler's trying to wiggle his way out of it. That's his line. He's sticking to it. There you go. Uh, it's good to it's good to double and triple down on complete and total bullshit, isn't it? That's a, that's the best possible thing. Yeah, that's kind of what that is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. If it's you're just listen- an accumulation of facts, Britt. 
That's all it is. <laughs> if you're uh, if you're listening, you're missing Brad's Chiron, which says Don has the runs, the 2024 runs. Couple of stories. Uh, Trump making his first return to Washington since leaving office. Brad, this is going to be on July the 26th. So we only got 12 days until that happens at the America First uh, Agenda Summit in Washington, D.C. It was said that he's going to have some an appearance by some of his former cabinet members with whom he's remained close. Among those, uh, Larry Kudlow, you're very familiar with him, who he nearly killed and had a heart attack and almost died during the administration. And also... North Carolina native Linda McMahon, who you may recall was part of the Small Business Administration, her husband, I'm using hand quotations, has been in the news lately. He's been in a little bit of trouble. So apparently she'll be one of the ones who is uh, helping to host Trump at this event coming the 26th in Washington, D.C., Brad. Uh, 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 Let us hope that he announces he's running as quickly as possible. The sooner, the better. The, the sooner to fuck up every Republican running for every office in this country down to, and uh, I don't want to insult dog catchers, so I'll try to think of uh, some other office. The, uh, the uh, Department of uh, uh, Sweeping the Streets at 2 in the morning, the person who runs that, that person's going to have to defend Donald Trump, if they're a Republican running for that office, uh, the minute he gets in, um, the, this will uh, redefine the idea of uh, not just sucking the oxygen out of a room. How about out of an entire political party and a country and its prospects to run the table in 2022? Get right in there, Don. Get right in there, Don. Make it another referendum on you. That's exactly what we want, because as we all know, your reputation has only grown since the last time you stood before the American public for re-election. I mean, they've been holding these laudatory sessions in Washington to show just what a wonderful American you are, how fit you are to hold high office, and how you love this country and understand the machinations of government like no one else and would only use it to benefit the American people. And please, get right in there to explain that personally to us all. Get right in there. I want it. And Lindsey Graham, here's the quote from Lindsey. If Trump is going to run, the sooner he gets in and talks about winning the next election, the better. It'll refocus his attention. Less grievance. More about the future. Yes, Lindsey, yes. He will be all about the future like he always is. It will not be replaying the 2020 election. It will not be about old grievances. It will not be about insulting nicknames of people. It won't be that at all. It'll be the new Donald Trump. It'll be the the, the all-American edition. Lindsey Graham. Lindsey, have you booked that that ticket to uh, Atlanta yet? It's easy to fly in there. It's the most accessible airport in the country from wherever you are, Washington to Atlanta. There must have 50 flights a day there. Get down there and testify. Testify before the grand jury, you son of a bitch. Thank you. There's zero, there's zero chance that when he starts campaigning or when he makes the announcement that he's going to stop bitching about the election, the 2020 stolen election, correct? Well, well yeah, that's what I said. Absolutely. There's, there's, there's no be, chance. But this is going to be the first ever Fully named, you know, some of the uh, uh, people in rock and roll and country who've been off the road for two years or so because of COVID, when they come back, they very often have clever names for their new tours, right? right? Uh, you know, for, for and, and of course, because it's like one of the only two concerts I've seen in the last five years, Paul McCoy, what was his call? It was called the Get Back Tour. Right. Well, because that's cause the name of the song and the name of the movie and all that shit. But it, it's it's returning. It's it's getting back. So the the uh, the Donald Trump campaign might be called the Get Even Tour. It might be called the Get Even Campaign. One of the Paul Ma- one of the Paul McCartney tours, I think, from the century was Paul is Live, making uh, kind of fun of the whole idea of Paul is Dead. That great, fantastic hoax from like the sixties. I was, like that. That was a very nice that's one. Kind of, that's kind of cute. But but uh, Trump, that's all it's going to be about, right? This is uh, the, oh, well, it's oh. it's almost I think it's almost a replay for Republicans who are seeing 
that special election in Georgia in early uh, 2021 all over again. When he goes down, he gets himself involved in that Senate, those that spe- special Senate election, and he fucks up and gives control of the United States Senate to the Democrats by by making sure that both of the Republicans oh, in Georgia yeah. lost Senate seats. Yes, yes. Uh, and while you're uh, while you're campaigning there in Georgia this time around, you're you're going to want to hang with your buddy Herschel Walker. Uh, that's your hand-picked slave uh, who you decided would uh, be a good senator in in Georgia. And, of course, I, I say that in jest, of course. Of course. I say that in jest. There's nothing, nothing, uh, nothing even close to that. I'm just uh, joking. Uh, uh, let's see. Listen, from the, <laughs> from the AAP's Georgia chapter, conducted by Fabrizio Ward and Impact Research, 50% of likely voters polled would vote for Raphael Warnock, 47% by Republican challenger Herschel Walker. I believe that's within the margin of error, Brad. Oh, well, Britt, we, we can never underestimate. Oh, God. Oh, oh, God. I, I, I get it. I get, now, there are some other polls, I think, that have it you know, wider than that, than, th- than three points. So pick your, pick your poll if you, you know, to, to, to feel whichever way you want to. Um, but you know, I mean, Herschel Walker is, and, and I say this with great affection, he is a guttural illiterate. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's just a guttural illiterate. I mean, this isn't even a this isn't even a guy who went through third grade and and, and dropped out, and then uh, self educated himself and 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 became. Not, that's not that at all. He's just an idiot. He he's just an idiot, and, and he knows nothing and. Uh, why should that be a barrier to becoming a, a U.S. senator? But uh, I think I think he's not going to be able to pull this off. I you know I, I, I want we got to get Trump in there. Trump. Yeah, he, he needs to get it. Well, uh, and it's not only for that one. It's also the the Brian Kemp, Stacey Abrams uh, race for governor of yeah. Georgia. She's down a bit, boy. She could really. She could use Donald Trump getting in this race. In fact, if her campaign want to send him a couple bucks right now. It wouldn't be the worst idea. Yeah, yeah just uh, j- just bring it. Um, wow. All right. I uh, got a couple here more for uh, – let's see. Um, the agony of being Tom Brady. Okay. The agony of being Tom Brady or uh, Steve Bannon. Is he real? Or is he just Memorex? Let's do the uh, the Steve Bannon. And it's somewhat of a dated reference. Is he real or is he Memorex? Yeah. That goes back to the idea of actually saying the word tape now, doesn't it? Right. 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 All right. Uh, so uh, I've seen the, uh, the, the Steve Bannon clip 5,000 times now, how it's going to be wild. Okay, we've seen that one a million times. Right. Okay, and he says that on his on his podcast, uh, and he says that on January fifth, the day before the um, uh, the riot on January sixth. Now, of course, you know it's going to be. And, and if you pay attention, as you know, it's because he absolutely knew. He absolutely knew what was about to happen. He was in on it. He you know, planned the, the whole thing. But now. We have an audio tape from uh, Steve Bannon um, from before the actual election, from October 30th, if I'm correct. That's right. October 31st. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he had told Trump, and Trump agreed, and Bannon was telling people, and there's audio of this, that Trump was going to declare victory early on election night we knew about the red wave early from in-person voting which would be counted across the country much earlier than some of the you know the absentee ballots that would come in and then states would count more democratic votes at midnight into the next day or so as they all came in they they knew that and trump knew that and Trump talked about that for months and months and months. He knew that was going to happen. So Bannon gives away um, the whole game. Trump was going to go out there, declare victory on 
election night and just then start throw start to throw as much spaghetti against the wall as possible. Um, it's it's amazing. The the whole strategy is there. And remember, Trump hadn't even lost the election yet. And he had the plan in place. And so he didn't declare victory uh, early on election night. He had to wait till about two in the morning, if you remember, when he got out there. And, and he started in. And uh, this was how the whole John Eastman plan to to get Mike Pence to reject the electoral votes on January twentieth uh, was it, it, it was all there on oh, no, January sixth. I'm sorry, um, and I know I'm I'm losing my mind. I don't know whether you are listening to uh, everybody say that. Well, this may not amount to uh, proving that Donald Trump committed a crime. Isn't that enough to just drive you crazy? It, it blows my mind. Yeah, lose your mind. It is. It's 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 like when you see like a a, a player in the NBA throw punches and kill a guy, and then you're just like, it's right there. It's a foul. What the fuck are you guys doing? It's so clear. What, do you have, yeah, what does the guy have to do to get a foul called on him in this league? <laughs> Jesus, I mean, it's like it's like I mean, there's only I think there's only one person in America who saw that Uvalde footage. Uh, I think Greg Gutfeld's the only one that went, whoa, 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 let's not rush to judgment on the 77 minutes that they stood there in the hallway and did fuck all. Let's, 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 I think Greg Gutfeld is the only one in America saying that. No, it's, everybody else is like, I can't, it's obvious that why weren't they in there doing what they were supposed to do and killing the guy? Uh, I, I, I agree. Uh, this was the uh, least spontaneous moment maybe in American history, January 6th at the Capitol. It was the uh, most planned that you can imagine. And it's just painful. It's excruciating to, to think that this is not going to turn into something more substantial besides... Um, you know, a DVD of uh, uh, 17 hours of, of hearings that you can buy on C-SPAN if you want them all uh, for your collection, that it's it's not going to go any for, I, I just can't, or is it going to turn into everybody's going to get their ass nailed but Trump? Is it going to be like that? Because they've definitely got the goods on, on a lot of these guys, and there there's no, I hate to even think that there is, there are political considerations going on on whether to uh, go after Donald Trump, especially knowing that part of his thinking in declaring his candidacy is that 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 buys him some kind of um, de facto immunity from uh, indictment and prosecution leading up to the elections. Well, clearly that's um, the plan. That's the I mean, there's there's very little question that if he's going that, to run. He's going to run because that that is the plan. The plan is to keep me out of it. I get kept out of jail by winning the election. That's that's the Donald Trump plan clearly right now. Well, right. That that's the long term thing. And and we talked about that uh, after he lost the election. And you could see it in the desperation in his public appearances during the lame duck session after uh, the beginning of November and he'd lost the election uh, when he would come out there um, that, and I know we said this, his need to cheat and win is all about buying himself four more years of immunity from prosecution, mm-hmm. right? That's what that was. Well, now he's not the president anymore and he has no immunity from prosecution and you know, this is as whacked as all these crazy ass attempts to invoke uh, executive privilege over conversations that are not executive privilege protected uh, conversations and remember if you recall there was a point I can't remember how long it must have been in his first year maybe at some pre- he 
expressed the idea that everything he says to everybody at any time it's executive is privilege. by executive privilege. Yeah, Do you remember right. that? Yeah. Do you remember I, that? Okay. And we laughed at that uh, and said, fuck you. What are you out of your fucking mind? Right. All right. And a version of that has found its way into this to the point where, again, it's hard to follow what happened with, with Steve Bannon who lied and claimed that there was some executive privilege that Trump had conferred upon him, I guess in perpetuity, uh, after he left office. So that's why he didn't cooperate when he was first called by the committee. And there was no executive privilege. He wasn't fucking Trump's lawyer. He wasn't fucking Trump's advisor. He hadn't been in the government since 2017. So there was no executive privilege. So now, in the last 10 days, he goes, well, you know what? Trump is waiving the executive, so I can speak to you now. And it's too late. You already violated the appearance order. You are in contempt of Congress. You are in contempt of Congress, and you're not getting off. And the judge appointed by Donald Trump said so. So fuck you, Bannon. But this is crazy shit. But that's an outgrowth of Trump saying years ago, Everybody I talk to, it's executive privilege. If, if I'm in the bathroom at Morton's, I'm just picking a steakhouse, and the, the <laughs> bathroom attendant, who will be black, of course, um, cleans cleans the toilet next to me while I'm taking a pee, if I say to him, you're looking good today, Maurice, that's an executive privilege protected discussion. That's what Trump thinks. Um do you just as a sidebar? Do you think if Trump announces, do you think he's the leading candidate for the Republican nomination? Because I don't know Absolutely. if he is right now. Absolutely. I don't know. If he, I don't know. I don't know. DeSantis looks like he's he's getting a lot of momentum right now. No, no. I I uh uh-uh. uh, I think that those evangelicals, which are they're not the majority of the Republican Party. They're not as numerically huge as, as we think they are yeah, but, but they drive the bus they, they certainly they do, drive they the do, bus they do drive a lot of the bus and they're the ones that checked their integrity uh, at the door you know, six years ago they're the ones that we all thought stupid us that we all thought when donald trump um was uh, nailed on the campaign bus with billy bush talking about grabbing him by the pussy we thought that would be it. No mm-hmm. fucking, no fucking religious. Pr- How could you? And and they overlooked that, and you know the whole list, and they've overlooked everything. There is a wonderful piece, and it's very very short. It's not long at all. It's easy to read uh, by Peter Weiner in the Atlantic today. Uh, Peter Weiner, uh, his Republican credentials are impeccable. He uh, worked for Ronald Reagan and the Bushes and and everybody since then. But he got off the Trump train before it ever left the station. And he has a great explanation. And it's current. It's right now as to even with what we've seen in the January 6th hearings, why they absolutely positively are going to stick with Donald Trump no matter what. And, of course, it revolves around something else we talked about, Britt, which is the longer this goes on, the more impossible it is for you to admit that you were wrong. Right. You can't possibly admit that to anyone. So you combine that with the what really annoyed us back at the beginning were the people that were attacking Donald Trump. That we hated them so much that we were willing to forgive anything that Donald Trump did or would do. And uh, we're sticking with him. And and so Wayner makes the point that even today, Trump still has this well of support. And I'm not sure that uh, it's going to be shakable. And uh, if he gets out there within the next few weeks, or certainly before the end of the summer, we'll play the Labor Day game here, um, that uh, he's not going to be able to build up enough of a lead. And if you think that it's going to be one-on-one, him and DeSantis, you're wrong. And Trump, and, you know, if the definition of insanity is insanity, not necessarily repeating what you did the last time, thinking you'll get a different result, I think that's being neurotic. Um, the last time, if you remember, 
Trump never broke 50% in any primary, but it didn't matter because there were, you know, 19 other people on stage. Remember, I there think, were so many people on stage. Yeah, they had but to have, I, they'd have a junior varsity debate, you know, afterwards. They're not they're not going to have that. They're not going to have 10 people. And it will eventually come down to him and DeSantis because I don't think well, but, Greg Abbott if, might run. Ted Cruz might run. Josh Hawley might run. It's going to come down to those two guys. Oh, wait, keep going. You think well, any of the, No, see, because here, here, here's the argument for these other guys all running. Every one of them. You ready? You ready? Ready. They're not old like Donald Trump because the age issue may supersede everything if it's Donald Trump and Joe Biden on both sides. And, and that maybe that is a good thing. Maybe that will open up all the lanes for, for other people to to step forward. But if you think that Ted Cruz is going to step aside and say, Ron DeSantis, it's all yours or Josh Hawley, it's it's all yours. There's no way. There's there's no way. And there's probably a few other ambitious uh, governor. Tom Cotton. Hell, that guy. He's he's in. He's going to be in. They're all going to be in. It's not going to um, be. Robert Poole asking the question, if Trump gets convicted of a felony, can he still run for president? Answer, at least according to PolitiFact, is it's unclear. The Constitution says nothing about a criminal indictment. However, a separate section says that if you engage or insurrect insurrection or rebellion you can't really go for federal office that was passed after something called the civil war some state laws and constitutions bar felons from running for office but that is for state or local offices only so again it is going to be a murky playing field as far as whether he would be allowed to uh, run for office or not well see Britt, this is where you uh, you don't understand uh, our system because you know the uh, presidential election is a state-by-state state thing. And so there is no controlling legal authority that would say Donald Trump can't. You can just see this coming. You can see it coming down the track. A convicted Donald Trump loving, being a martyr, okay? He'll fucking run his campaign from a prison cell in upstate New York at Camp Cupcake. You know, you know, nothing stops Donald Trump except what stops all of us eventually, which yes. is death. Yeah, that, um, that would stop. Although, remember, it didn't stop Hugo Chavez. No, but he's got the he's got the, the shitty he's he got the shitty clones ready to go. Don Jr., et cetera, et cetera. Uh, here's another problem for Donald Trump. In addition to that, we, we've got a little problem with witness tampering because uh, he's been calling people and uh, he's been trying to, without question, intimidate them and get them not to testify. This was in the wake of Cassidy Hutchinson's t- testimony. The president reaching out to a former White House staffer who really doesn't stay in touch with him. They don't share like chicken salad recipes or anything, Brad. Uh, the person immediately referred uh, what happened to the committee, the January 6th committee, who has referred it to the uh, the Justice Department. Now, it does look like a very I, I don't know if there are many open and shut cases. This looks like a pretty, pretty open and shut case of witness intimidation, witness tampering. Correct. Well, Britt, let me uh, let me help you here, uh, <laughs> because as uh, Donald Trump's defense attorney, uh, you gave out one salient fact in your early description there that uh, this is not a person that Donald Trump normally associates with. So he barely knows them. So how could he tamper with uh, someone that he barely knows? Case closed. <laughs> Donald Trump not guilty as always. End of story. Have, that. No, that's of course that's bullshit. Uh, um, well, there it is. I mean, this is the you know, is it a be a shame if something happened to your dog kind of kind of stuff? But but would he be stupid enough to to leave a voice mail message? I don't yes. think. So. Yes, he would. I mean, I swear, Britt. The last time we have Donald Trump in a phone call recorded was that fake john Barron thing when he called up the uh the new york post complaining about a story and, and posed as somebody else remember that mm-hmm. when have you ever heard him on you don't hear him he's pretty careful about that he but, doesn't understand know. voicemail he doesn't get it again if you don't have the machine where you can back an actual audio tape up he doesn't understand what voicemail is uh can you give us the tom brady story please oh boy oh this is uh this is sad. I, do you have do you have some tissues nearby? Yes, I, I'll be okay. There, the the Kleenex that are impregnated with aloe. Yeah. 
Um, Since they're impregnated with aloe, I'm going to take them across state lines to get an abortion. Uh, J- Jim Farley is the uh, the uh, CEO of the Ford Motor Company. And uh, I don't know whether Tom Brady has a relationship with Ford or whatever he has. But uh, Farley has a podcast called Drive, coincidentally. And he asked Tom Brady about keeping his children grounded. Now, remember, I'm sure that, that uh, uh, Jim Farley makes a few good dollars, too, as the CEO of Ford. But that's not the point. Um, here's Tom Brady. It's probably the hardest thing for us as parents, you know, with my wife and myself. Yeah, my wife grew up in rural Brazil. It's a small kind of farming town, very simple. I grew up in a, a kind of a middle-class family in California. It's Tom Brady. My dad worked his ass off. Mom stayed at home. You know, washed the clothes, went to his games, all this stuff. And then he started to talk about the extravagant wife that he and the kids lead these days. This is the quote of the century. We have people that clean for us. We have people that make our food. We have people that drive us to the airport. If we need that, you know, we get off a plane, and there's people waiting there for us, and we get ushered in. And that's just my kids' reality, which is the hard part to say, guys, this is not how it really works. This is not reality. So what do we do about that? I think we try to create experiences that are more along the lines of what most kids go through, even though they'll still have experiences that a lot of kids, well, they never have them. There's a lot of things I'm still learning as a parent. You just hope you can show them enough things to realize that when they're doing things that are selected for mom and dad to make our lives more convenient, that that's kind of a treat. So, feel sorry for Tom Brady. He's got this problem of uh, too much wealth being bestowed upon his children i have a suggestion for you tom here's an idea don't fucking live that way (laughs) no i'm not i'm not joking there is absolutely nothing in the constitution of the united states that says if you let's i don't know how much tom brady's worth let's say he's worth 400 million whatever an ungodly amount of money there's no rule that says because you have that much money that you have to live that way you can actually live a normal american life if you choose to well, he chooses I mean, I'm, not I, to and I'm then pretend st- it's a problem and he's going to fuck up his kids because I'm, of it I i'm gonna stick up, i'll stick up for him this much tom brady can't move to a cul-de-sac you know down at the down at the everlong subdivision and just kind of hang out and let the kids ride tricycles and stuff he's not able to do that i understand what you're saying i mean I, i'll stick up for it to that extent he's got you know there has to be guards and people around cuz you know his kids are going to get kidnapped and there'll be paparazzi and all that stuff he has to do that but yeah you're 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 right there's a way to raise them so that they will not <coughs> be bathed in privilege Jerry Seinfeld had a funny line for the, they said Jerry Seinfeld's kids came up to him and said, dad, are we rich? And Jerry goes, well, your mother and I are, <laughs> which I thought was, I thought was a fantastic answer. The other story from Tom Brady on this day is that Tom Brady revealing he's not talked to Trump in a lot of years, Brad. And that the press mischaracterized his uh, relationship with Donald John Trump senior. Of course, you'll recall that after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the world championship, they went to the white house and Brady made some jokes that pretty openly mocked Donald Trump right in front of Joe Biden. And Joe Biden was able to have a good laugh with those Tampa Bay Buccaneers and with Tom Brady. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talk all we want about Tom Brady. I, I, I would not tag him with any kind of Trumper label at all, even if uh, I guess there aren't there pictures of a, of a hat in his locker like you know well i i also feel like there was an opportunity for him to distance himself and he didn't do that and i don't know if he clearly understood that people would associate him with what he's been associated with by not saying hey that ain't me forget it i don't know what was going on we should finish off with um bad news for america is good news for republican those inflation numbers from june came out they were dreadful even higher than expected, inflation rising 9.1% in June. That is year over year, correct? Yeah. And then uh, it is setting the stage for the Fed to go super hard toward the end of this month. 
it looks it looks to be no no bueno for America's if Americans as far as inflation is concerned. Correct. Uh, certainly, over the next few months, there's there's little doubt about it. Although, if you, you know, you can you you can play this any way you want, um, but you you play it optimistically at your own peril here. But there are a lot of uh, I don't even know if I'd call them early anymore because there there are many weeks into the the cake that's being baked here right now of all kinds of commodity prices crashing, including oil. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we have not seen the results of the the uh, crash in oil prices down to a below $100. Remember, when it was at 125 it was about to go to 150 instantly, and it never did. And it's, it's, it's way back down again. And that will be reflected... In, 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 I'm just this. I'm just spitballing on this one. Gas is definitely going to be down to three fifty, maybe into the low threes, based on the uh, you know the price that's happened already. I mean, I I did get uh, gas at Costco, which is always the cheapest. Except, uh, let's get ready for hurricane season and the refineries getting well, hit. I, I know, but leave, put that aside. Put that aside. Get ready for that. I know, but you know what? That wouldn't drive it up the way like this. No, um, uh, it was you know it was three ninety nine there, um, and so we're you know if that if that recedes and uh, all the commodity prices uh, really stick and it looks like they're you know lumber and cotton and copper and, and and all the things that you make shit out of if the reason for that fall isn't because every one of them is signaling. Recession, recession, recession. Therefore, not as much demand for this stuff anymore. If, if, if that's the only reason that they're falling, then then we're going to have trouble. But uh, um, so, in this, other words, the input price of a lot of these things. But here's the bottom line. Bottom yeah, line is the part of inflation that no uh, policy can directly affect right now is that evil, pernicious. Uh, wage and price spiral you know workers are making five percent more this year than last year but prices are up at least 10 percent overall right and in rent it might be 30 or 40 percent right uh and gasoline is is 40 or 50 percent so your five percent raise is not good enough so you want more of a raise but with the uh, increase in the interest rates and the fall in commodity prices, uh, the answer by corporate America will be to higher interest rates and lower demand will be to start laying off people. Right. And this is the cruelest thing I'm ever going to say, but you know what the real answer to inflation is? A lot more unemployment. A lot more unemployment because unemployed people can't demand higher wages. Unemployed people just want to get a job well they're also not buying unemployed people aren't necessarily buying things either which you know lowers demand for everything exactly there you go uh and and that's the that's a cruel cruel thing but we have this we have a combination of things right now that we've never seen because usually if there is a recession looming unemployment starts to climb it it starts to climb markedly and it has not they're Correct. still creating jobs. They still were uh, over 300,000 last month. Now, of course, at any time, it could fall off a cliff. I it understand can. that. We get that. But it doesn't look like it is. And too many corporations are saying, I don't see the consumer running and hiding in the corner. But at the same time, a lot of people during the pandemic who got a couple thousand extra dollars and sat home and started buying shit, mm-hmm. a lot of it they didn't need started using more credit cards mm-hmm. and started taking out subprime loans to buy cars and things Correct. of that sort. Those are starting to blow up. Yeah. Okay. Well, but that's among lower income people. Um, so maybe if we're lucky, we can sneak through this and not have a deep, deep recession without high, high unemployment. But, that's a tough lane to try to get your car into right now. It's tough, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen. But 
maybe it will. I don't well, know. the other, but the other piece for the Fed is if they start, if the Fed looks like they're poised to go at least three quarters of a percentage point, maybe an entire full percentage point when they when they raise rates here toward the end of the month. If you make capital too hard to get, then the small businesses who need that to keep their businesses going to expand and do other stuff, they won't be able to do that. If you, a, a, a one point rise is nothing. I don't. I don't know. For a small business, no, that can be that can be destructive. Brit, Brit, I'm, I'm, I'm telling. Yes, percentage wise, compared to what it was, yeah, one point is a lot. But if you need capital and you're yeah, trying to keep your business afloat, that could that could be bad. But if you're going to get interest rates high enough to where they cross the line of inflation, you got to get that that interest rate up several more plus one points. Yeah, but and don't don't act that, as though there's not a, courage to do that because that is going to cause unemployment. That but there is a, yeah, there's there's a tremendous risk. There's a tremendous risk in the Fed going too far with the raising of interest rates. Right, and there's a tremendous risk of them not, which is more inflation. Um, so you know, this, this is pick your poison time. This is pick your poison, and we we obviously can't live uh, long term with you know nine with you know could easily be double digit over ten percent inflation when the next print comes out next month. Um, we can't live with that long term. Um, but the good news is we never have to because it will fuck things up enough that um, measures like this will be taken, I do believe. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be back. But, you know, I, I guess the problem that we have is so myopic. You know, the whole world is going through this. Joe Biden didn't invent inflation. Joe Biden didn't invent government spending. Joe Biden didn't do any of these things. And right now, Joe Biden is responsible for everything. <laughs> everything is his fault. And uh, it, it, it doesn't matter what the facts are. So we, you know, we, we can't play that game of uh, please don't give me the fact that a president cannot single-handedly tame inflation. As Joe Biden is now we on this late date, this, we'll leave you with this one. The Biden administration being sued because Texas says "fuck you" for requiring abortions and medical emergencies. Texas doesn't like it; they're suing the administration. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you allow someone to get an abortion in, in case of a medical emergency? That's absolutely ridiculous, and that's why the state of Texas is now suing the Biden administration. Many are many uh, news uh, outlets reporting this, including it's Ken Paxton, who is just a genius. For Texas, Brad, it's that Ken Paxton fellow from Texas who was the guy who was uh, uh, spearheading this in suing the Biden administration over this. I think they're going to start to lose. You know, they're going to lose these cases. I hope so. Uh, we'll see. These are as uh, interesting at times and as perilous at times as we uh, we all remember, but. I hope for you personally, it's not, it's not that bad. We'll be here to guide you and comfort you on Monday. <laughs>